Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium and here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today, I have Terry Ann Russell on the show. Terry Ann is a healer, Chandler, past life regressionist and medium that works in Sedona, Arizona. She is married to her soulmate and is the mother of five amazing children. One, Anthony, now in spirit, and he is her main spirit guide. Anthony transitioned in July 2019, and as quick as he departed, he returned to support his mother in her own healing process of grief and loss. She is part of a trio of amazing women who are psychic healers known as the Sedona Soul Sisters. Terry Ann is living her dream, helping others open to their own inner wisdom and heal childhood wounds from this life and past lives. She receives guidance not only from her son, Anthony, but many worldly multidimensional beings and uses that information to support the growth and healing of others. Welcome, Terry Ann. Thank you for having me, Amy. It's nice Thank to be you. here and meet you. Thanks for being here. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank those of you who are supporting the show via Patreon. I literally could not do this without you. It means so much to me to have any sort of support for the show, but really the financial support is super helpful to me right now. I'm an independent podcaster. This is all being funded by me. So anything you can do to help that, if you love listening to the show, if you love the content I'm creating, if you love the guests that I'm having on, please support the show. I have amazing, amazing guests continuing to come on the show. I'm so excited. I've grown the most month over month in the past three months, and that is because of all of you sharing the podcast, telling people about it. So thank you so much. Anything you can do to support the show, I am so, so grateful The growth I know is going to help me in some way. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I know it will. Thank you all for listening. And here's this week's episode. So I love Sedona. First of all, I was there last year. What a magical place. It is. It's beautiful. Uh, uh, But let's start by talking about um, your new, your book, From Death to Life, The Incredible Story of Anthony Joseph. And Take us through kind of what happened with your son and how you connected with him. So I am a medium, but I don't practice now because it's just too much for me um, since he's passed. So it was July of 2019. We had just spent a week together in Vegas for his 27th birthday, all of us. And about three weeks after that, so he was perfectly healthy. Um, He didn't complain of anything. He said he was a little tired from work. Um, So we didn't really think anything of it. Um, That Friday before I was guided to go up and see him and I didn't understand why. And so I did. And he was like, why are you here again? (laughs) I just spent a week with you. Um, So I was like, I don't know. I was just guided here. So that was Friday. Sunday, from what we could piece together, he started getting sick. Um, Tuesday, he went to the emergency room and they sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. He was vomiting, he had a fever, um, stomach pain. Within a five hours, um, he was dying. His friend called 911, the paramedics arrived. He was still alive, but they couldn't save him at that point. Um, that was about 10 o'clock at night. Uh, two o'clock in the morning, um, 
we received a knock at the door from an officer who had informed us that Anthony had passed suddenly. And <laughs> I can tell you as a mother, um, it's the worst information you can ever hear in your life. Um, I totally left my body. I wasn't there. And what you have to understand though at this point is, and I hadn't had recollection of this till afterwards, but that exact scene, I had premonitions when my sons were young of one of my children passing that I was never allowed to see which one it was. And I had forgot about that. They were like five, six, seven years old at that time. And um, I never pieced it together until afterwards. Oh, so, so that awful. exact scene that I had in my premonition played out that night in our house. And so did they ever figure out what happened to Anthony? Mm-hmm. They did an autopsy. Uh, he had pancreatitis. So it's like maybe 10% of the population has pancreatitis and his pancreas became necrotic and wrapped around his spleen, which made him bleed to death. Um, And ironically, my daughter who's 12 now had a similar condition she was born with, but it affected her intestines. So she was like the preparation, the shattering, the pre-shattering I call it now of preparing me for what it would be like at that time when Anthony was transitioning. So what what happened after he died? Because you were a you were working in the healing arts before this happened, right? I mean, you were yeah, doing I my spiritual awakening about 2013. And so what what was what did things look like kind of pre-Anthony dying and then post? Well, pre-Anthony dying, I was like the happiest I have ever been. I had remarried after a tumultuous divorce. My daughter, um, so my daughter bled internally for three years and had three intestinal surgeries. She's had over 40 blood transfusions. Um, She, um, we went all over the country. Some doctors wouldn't touch her. Other doctors were like, she's too small. We can't do surgery. So monthly blood transfusions. And at that time, That lasted about three years when I started doing energy healing. That's what really drove me to get into the Reiki practice. Um, Reiki one, very selfishly, was my first step into healing my daughter myself. Um, That was my only intent at that time. I was going to college. I was getting my bachelor's degree in human services and psychology. And I was just in the midst of all this. And this came and I I went and I veered in a whole new way. Um, I went a whole new direction and I began my spiritual path. Um, so I was living the dream. I, I was happily married. I was working in Sedona. I was helping um, women and children with this beautiful modality that is so amazing. And um, it, it just hit like a ton of bricks, you know, uh, being in the business. And I work with two of the most um, influential psychic mediums in Sedona. And they didn't even know, they had no information about this. So when I talk about soul contracts a lot, it's a lot that we weren't allowed to know. Do you, are you aware of anything about the age? Because I've heard several times and in the media, this happens a lot. Like when you hear reports of things, 27, 28 seems to be an interesting time when people die. Um, there, there just seems to be a lot of people who die at that age. 
Look, there's a lot of people that die at every age, but that, I don't know, there's something about that that stands out. And I remember years ago once talking to a friend of mine and her explaining that there there is perhaps something to that. But what are you, are you aware of anything? So what I've gotten is a completion. Anthony was 27, two plus seven is nine. Nine is the endings, the completion. What he's been able to tell me through our communication is that, so similar to like, you know, we have, 12 months in the Zodiac, uh, you know, all this stuff that start with 12, we never really hear about 13. 13 is like, oh, the the evil number, but it's really not. 13 is thus the beginning of a new cycle. So Anthony had lived his 12 cycles and this was his 13th now. And so as quick as he came in as a baby is as quick as he left. And he left on a, a full moon lunar eclipse which is also very interesting um, when you look back at the energy that was around at that time and what that means for him. So two and nine, two and seven is nine in which is completion. You see a lot of children, they don't come in for a long time. Before Anthony passed, I've never met anybody that lost a child in my life. Um, it's not something, even doing mediumship, I never connected with any parent that had lost a child. Really? After Anthony passed, I've connected with so many parents who have lost children and so many in their early 20s. So how did he start coming to you after he died? And and I'm also really curious how being a medium impacted your grief. Okay. Um, so he came to me within hours. So he passed at 10, 2 o'clock in the morning. The officers were there. My psychic sensors were on full alert. I could hear him. I could smell him. I could feel him. And he's screaming at me. I'm okay, mom. I'm okay. And I was screaming back. No, I'm not hearing you. If I'm talking, you're dead. And I'm not going to believe that you're dead. At this point, there was no way in my mind that I could believe that he was dead. Mm -hmm. um, so it was interesting. It was like living in two worlds is how I describe it. Um, a piece of me here and a piece of me there. It took a long time to sort of come to this place, a, a happy medium, if you will. Um, being a medium, people would think that it would make it easier for you. It does not. Um, having your child be in spirit is totally different than me connecting a client with one of their loved ones. Mm. You know, you gave birth to this child. That child was in you for nine months no matter how old they are. So it took a lot getting used to. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to, for people to hear. And I talk, I try to talk about this often is that just because you believe in a spirit or, or a soul existing outside of a physical body, doesn't make the grief of that loss any easier. No, it was, it was tremendous. I've done a substantial work on myself over the last, it'll all be almost be three years. I've done substantial work on healing. Um, I think it's something that how I describe it would be that grief comes and goes, but yet it always remains. I mean, he's always gonna be my child regardless of, you know, two years, 20 years, he will still always be my child, even though he's my biggest guide and my teacher. Um, as a human mother, 
Like I understand the contracts and I understand um, the agreements that we made in, a, in another lifetime and in the, when we were in spirit. And I understand it was all for our growth and learning. It doesn't change the fact that I don't have my son in the physical. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can communicate with him anytime, anywhere. Whereas before he was a 27 year old man living on his own. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to him maybe once every couple of weeks. Um, he's with me all the time. He's guided me to do some amazing things, but it doesn't change the fact that he's not here in the physical. Can you talk a little bit about when he first showed up for you, what that looked like and how he continues to guide you since? Yeah. So in the, in the beginning, it was very difficult. I didn't want to hear from him. I was in total denial. Um, let me see if I can paint a picture. So say at the funeral, they had to carry me in the funeral. I was screaming and crying. My son, my oldest son and my husband. And out of nowhere comes this peace and this love that comes over me. So he enters within my field, my body, my energy bodies. And he brings this peace and love that made me be able to survive without him. Mm-hmm. And he's done that more than once. He's, he saved my life several times since then. Um, our connection is extremely strong. As I'm sure you would understand as a mother with a child, there's a bond that you have. And I don't think that death breaks that bond. But at that time, it was just a very difficult situation to be in with being in denial. And I went through all the stages of grief and back. Um, at that time, I didn't want to be here. I was very angry. I was, I was hearing dark thoughts, dark voices about killing myself. Um, he said to me, there was no way he could not stop me, that that was part of my lesson. I had to stay. Part of my lesson was to have a young child so that I would stay. Mm. Um, you know, having a 12-year-old, my three sons were adults, and then I had a, a baby. So having a 12-year-old now, I have somebody that I, I have to stay for. So he was able to actually come in, help me raise my frequency enough that I was able to fight those dark thoughts. And that went on for a while. Probably the first couple of months, I would say, that I was in that really dark, dark place. And what did he do to help you? How did he guide you? Did you hear it? Did you see it? Did you feel it? Like, how was he coming through? All of it. Um, so I'm very clairsentient. I feel. And I'm clairaudient. I hear. Um, but occasionally I do see. And I have seen him a few times. So at that time, he would come in. A lot of it would be in the physical for me to feel him, um, to raise my frequency, to be able to get to that place where it wasn't so horrible to be here without him. Um, And once my frequency would raise, so I talk about it in the book, I have a chart by David Hawkins, and it talks about the the levels of frequency and grief, sadness, anger, those are really low vibrating frequencies. And then somewhere around five, 600, you have love, peace, acceptance, and all the way up to a thousand enlightenment. Grief is already already down here by 75. This is a little, for those who are watching, here's the, map of the consciousness here. So grief is all the way at the bottom, as you can see. Mm-hmm. 
when you're at the bottom, your frequencies like that, it's easy for you to get dark attachments and dark entities. Um, so as well as there is good spirits, there is also evil spirits. Um, and so when you're in that position that your frequency is so low, they're able to get in. Whereas before I would have told you through my experience, I had never encountered dark spirits. So how do you attribute dark spirits from just being in a dark place? Because I would imagine that any mother who loses a child would go to the place of, of having thoughts about not wanting to be here anymore. Even if they had other children, like the pain is just so deep. It is. Um, so similar to like what a, a, a dream visit is, you know, a dream visit, it's very real. It's very vivid. It's real. Um, one instance in particular, I was having a dark attack. I was sleeping. I had sleep paralysis, they call it. I was over my husband trying to wake him up, but I couldn't speak. And that I could, I was dreaming, but I was awake that a dark entity was slicing me down my arm. I could not wake up. I could not move. I couldn't do anything. I was struck in this fear. All of our smoke alarms, our fire alarms started going off in the house. This was like three o'clock in the morning. My husband and I jumped up. I, I pulled me right out of it, jumped up. We were able to go around our house. There was no fire, no smoke. No, nothing that would have caused those alarms to go off. I fully believe that my son had the power to protect me in a way that's not explainable. Um, it's just something that when you experience it, you'll know it. We talk about dark entities or dark attachments a lot of times with many of my clients that I work with. Um, when your frequency is so low, it's very easy for them to get in, regardless of why the reason that it's low. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you live. Now, I lived on a, a big ley line I found out afterwards in, in um, Cottonwood, which is outside of Sedona at that time. So there's also a lot of energy in that area. And so just, just for my listeners, because we've never really talked about dark entities before, um, how do, how do dark entities work? How do you know when you are, um, I guess, carrying around a dark entity, right? It's like energy. Um, and how do you clear that out? So the simplest way I would be able to explain is, is say if you're out and about with your family and you're in a great mood and everything's going great and all of a sudden your demeanor changes, right? Now you're kind of like, saddened, you feel tired. They're energy vampires, they suck your energy. Um, I, because I'm very in tune with my body, I can feel when an attachment enters me. It usually is at the back of my head. People get it in all different areas where they enter. So they lower your frequency, they suck your energy, you're very fatigued afterwards. Um, people don't know, they're not aware that that's what's going on. Um, you know, and if you don't catch it, it could really be detrimental. A lot of times people aren't aware that that's what it is in the beginning. Um, until like my daughter, now they've gone through every other aspect of the medical field and they still can't help whoever it is that they're trying to help. They come to the spiritual world now to try and help that, um, remove that. I remove that with always the, the love of God light, um, Archangel Michael, um, 
He's very strong and protective again. So I remove that that way. When it's myself, I have a harder time removing it. Um, for me, I was very fortunate because I was surrounded by the most beautiful people in the world in Sedona that were able to help lift me as well. So I, my contract was very specific that I had Anthony in the spirit world. And in Sedona, I had only started working there maybe about nine months or so before Anthony passed. So I found my tribe. I had that support on earth at that time. And what exactly is a dark entity? Is it a spirit that got stuck? Is it a spirit that wasn't so great here, so they're not so great there? And what is their motive? It's all of the above. It can be a spirit that is just lost or wandering. It could be a spirit that was an evil spirit in the human world, and now they're in their world. Um, I don't like to differentiate between heaven and hell, because I believe that we are all frequency and energy, and we go to different places based on what we've done, what we came here to do, what we've learned, and then our free will that goes around that. Um, their goal, dark entities, is to suck energy. That's how they get their energy. So do they stay within us? Do they, like, I'm, I'm so curious how this all works. Mm. Do they, is it like, um, they can, like, do they, do you need an exorcism to get them out? Some people do. It really depends on the situation, how long the, the attachment's been there. So think of it as like a, a tick, you know, how like a, when you have a tick on your body and the tick gets bigger as it's sucking your blood. A dark entity is the same way. The more it sucks your energy, the bigger and stronger that it gets. So yeah, sometimes they, I've not done an exorcism. My Reiki master teacher had described an exorcism that she has done. I would never want to do one. I don't work with dark entities now because I have a small child and I truly believe that you have to be a really high frequency, strong vibrational person to work with that energy. And I'm just not in that space with having the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. And I can't chance bringing that home to my family. Right. Because that could just because if you exercise it, is that the word? If you extricate it out of someone else, it could then latch on to you. Yes. And so if my frequency is not high enough where it needs to be, because when you understand this work, you understand that we do our own internal work. I work on myself every day. I raise my frequency every day. I do deep breathing techniques. I have my spiritual practice. Um, so I raise my frequency to be a certain level. And if I can't say I'm in a deep place of grief, say it was around his birthday or his anniversary, and I'm not able to do that. Had I worked with somebody like that, I could easily get that attachment attached to me. Because you're more open because of your vibrational state. Yes. So when you're in a high vibrational state, these entities can't suck your blood for lack, suck your energy because the energy isn't matching because like what's the what's too the... high frequency it's all about frequency it's energy and just think of it as energy not even dark or light but when it doesn't match it's almost like uh when you put two batteries together yeah it's like they repel each other mm -hmm. interesting yeah it's been an amazing ride i have to tell you i believe truly with all of my heart that my son in my contract, he gave me the opportunity to become who I was supposed to become while I'm here. That was part of our agreement and part of the work where I'm transitioning to in this process. So what is, how does he show up for you now? 
What does that look like? What's he, what does he have to say today? Because you said he's here. He is here. Um, so about two years, so he guided us to go on the road. He guided my husband and I to sell our business, sell everything we own, and go on the road and heal and promote this book. I said to him, my husband, his stepfather's never going to do that. <laughs> and he said, ask him. I heard him clearly, ask him. It's like I'm sitting down having a conversation. He's in the chair next to me. So I have conversation. Um, sometimes he's behind me, next to me. Um, so I said to him, okay. So my husband came on that night. I said, Anthony wants us to sell the business, sell everything we own, go on the road, buy an RV and go on the road and travel. And he said, okay, let's do it. And so everything fell into place perfectly. We started a life. We left. We were gone about nine months when I was guided back. Where were you? We where, went all where did you live originally? We lived outside of Sedona. Oh, in Cottonwood. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, so you sold your house, you sold everything. Packed up an RV. With went, a 12-year-old who is now being homeschooled because of COVID. Right. So, so the right. timing worked out. Perfect. <laughs> now, and he had told me about nine months prior to that, uh, he gives me like little songs sometimes, like, we're taking our show on the road, mom. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, I mean, everything he's told me, I told me he's crazy. He said, you're going to write a book. I was like, I don't know the first thing about writing a book. How am I going to do any of this? You know, my, my human logical mind gets involved. I don't want people to think I'm just sitting here and be like, oh yeah, whatever he says, great. Because I have a husband, I have a child. I can't just pick up and do what he asked me to do. Um, you know, you have other things in this human life that mm -hmm. spirit sometimes forgets or doesn't understand. So he's telling you go on the road. So you spend nine months. We, we had enough money to buy our RV. We had enough money to live on the road for nine months without my husband working, without me working, uh, to support ourselves, to travel, to have fun, to connect with family, to heal. I was also at that time being guided to do grid work for the ley lines of the, of the earth. So everywhere I would go, I would be directed. And so my, it drove my husband crazy because like I'd say, we're going to go to Virginia and be there three weeks. And we'd go there and we'd be there two days. And I'm like, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's telling us we got to go. So it was very guided, all of it. And it was very healing. So around two years, it was around his two year anniversary, he was starting to ascend higher. And I felt again, this grief, I was losing him. I couldn't handle it. I was like, this isn't fair. I hate this life and all this stuff. Um, he's like, that's not the case at all. You know, why are you thinking like you're, you're putting yourself in this prison, Ma? And he, he calls me Ma. My, you know, I grew up in New York. My family, we're Italian. Everybody's Ma. Mm -hmm. uh, so he calls me Ma. Um, you're putting yourself in this prison. And this is not how it is. You're never going to lose me. We'll always have this connection. But now you're going to have this connection with your doorkeeper, who I call him. His name is Frederick and Mother Mary. And this is where we're going to take it from there. So he actually guided us home then. It was time to come home and we didn't want to come home. You know, that's what you have to understand, too. Sometimes spirit guides you to do things and you don't want to do it. It's like, I just don't want to. Like, I just want to do what I'm doing, you know. But I feel like it's always a calling and you can't deny what you're being called to do. So you went home. Mm -hmm. We went home and now everything had changed. So COVID was rampant. 
Um, my husband, we couldn't find a house to rent. There was no rentals available. Um, my husband couldn't find work. There was no jobs. I mean, you have to understand Cottonwood, Sedona, it's a very small area. My business couldn't sustain us. Um, people Your business of healing, of doing mm -hmm. healing work? Yep. Okay. People weren't coming and doing that kind of work. We were transitioning into more virtual work at that time. Um, so everything turned the other way. And this is where we go into the next book because my world changed about nine months to 12 months after that. And that's where the new book begins. And that's when I started channeling Mary um, and had this strong connection, strong visions of being at the crucifixion. And it's funny because when I tell people, it's one of those things like a dream visit. It's, it's so real. It's so vivid and you feel it within every sense of your body, every cell. Um, they've experienced something similar to that. When, when you experience that, because there's lots of people who, who have said that they channel Mary. Do you, one, how do you know it's her? And two, what do you do with those messages? Okay. Sounds like write a book. Write a book. I was guided to, so there's three books coming. This is the first book. Originally, I was guided to write one book every three years. The energy's changed again, and I'm guided to write one book every year. So three books in three years. I don't know if you know, but I'm not a writer, and that's not easy. And it's not easy to channel. It's not easy. I don't, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. I was sitting home all day by myself and I never get time by myself. My youngest son is living with us, my daughter. We have a dog, a cat, a husband. Mm -hmm. I never get time by myself. I'm sitting by you. myself one day and I'm like, oh great, I could write. I can channel. Nothing, nothing. I was like, please, like I have all this time. I had like eight hours to myself. Nothing came through that day. A couple of days later, I'm sitting there in this chaos of the, <laughs> I call my life sometimes. And Mother Mary comes in again. It's time for the next transmission. And so I can describe it as so when my son comes in, I, I feel him. Mm -hmm. There's a knowing I always cry and I always cry when he leaves. I don't think that's ever going to change. When he comes in, I cry. I feel him in every sense of the word. Um, and I cry when he leaves again. Mm. Mother Mary, I can't find any words that can describe to you the feeling of being with Mother Mary, other than I feel held in a way that I've never experienced in this world, mm. if that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I have the goosebumps when you say that. It's so mm. powerful. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel so honored and grateful and it's my belief now at this time that we're in a very pivotal time, Mother Mary, Jesus, many others, their aspects are here and they're shooting out sparks. I'm not the only one that's channeling Mother Mary. I believe that they're shooting out these sparks to all different people all over the world so this work can be done because they're not having it anymore. What we've done to ourselves as a humanity is not acceptable. Yeah, I just did a whole podcast about with someone about God um, mm. and and what God is thinking about all of this right so now. I believe their aspects are here on earth at this time and they're shooting out these sparks to many different people. So 
is the, I mean, I guess you'll have to come back and talk to us about the transmissions <laughs> when those books are done, but the transmissions are sort of the lessons that she's imparting. Transmissions are like activation. So each transmission will bring change to your life. They're not to be taken lightly. You're not going to read this book and go, all right, I'm going to do one to 12 because either you're going to go put yourself into a healing crisis or you're going to get really sick. Hmm. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's like, I, so for example, she gave me the first three relatively simple back to back intuitively, because I know what I know. I, my body couldn't handle anymore. I needed to rest. Um, and through that came these experiences now. So I'm writing about my experience through these transmissions to help others when they're receiving these transmissions, because it's all about healing. It's all about what we need to heal within us. I truly believe that one person at a time, if I can change myself, I can help change others. Mm -hmm. My energy, if we bring this energy together, we're so divided in this world. We've forgotten what it's all about. We are all source. We are all the same. Yep. If we can come back to that space in our heart, and I believe the heart's the gateway. A lot of people say the third eye. I believe it's your heart. I believe that we've been conditioned, programmed um, to believe all these things that aren't true, you know, about ourselves, who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to look like. And we're so hard on ourselves, especially as women. Um, that that blocks that energy. And as we're coming into who we are, we're opening that and clearing that. We're healing childhood trauma quicker, faster than ever. And I truly believe we have the ability to heal ourselves, every one of us. Are you up for a quick speed round? Yeah. Okay. Spirituality means? Love. What is something most people don't know about you? Hmm, that's a hard one. Truth be, I probably am a, a warrior. I'm a badass, but people mm. probably know that, so I don't know. <laughs> what is one thing you're really looking forward to right now? I'm really looking forward to this next book coming out. It's going to be transformative. When's it coming out? I just sent it to my editor and publisher this week. Okay, okay, so a little <laughs> bit of time. A couple months, probably. What is one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? I'm deeply grateful for being here, for having the ability to be able to stay here and be here. What book is on your nightstand? Oh, I have The, the Healing Power of Yoga I'm reading right now and uh, Sacred Contracts by Carolyn Miss. Oh, I love how, how you're reading more than one book at a time. <laughs> I'm a reader. Me too. That's how I roll. I've got audiobooks and everything. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite spiritual healing practice? Oh, there's so many. I, I, love, I truly love um, deep breathing. I, I feel like it opens us up to a place we're not able to attain. We don't breathe enough. Mm -mm. No, I've, been, I've recently started to get into transformational breath work. It's next level. It is. It, it's undescribable, like um, being with Mary or, or the experiences we're having as we're entering 5D. There are no words. Mm -hmm. What is the most transformative experience of your life? Oh, my gosh. I have to say it was Anthony leaving. Mm -hmm. 
It totally changed who I was, who I was to become, what I was to do, how I was to heal, how I was to help humanity. Mm. Totally changed my life. Wow. Wow. And doesn't take away from the sadness. No, it doesn't. Well, Terri Ann, can you tell us where people can find you or your book or if they want to, I don't know, book a session, out, talk to you, book oh. a session. Yeah, absolutely. So the book is on Amazon. I'm going to show oh, you from quick. death to life. That's him. Oh. That's Anthony. Um, amazing, amazing spirit. I have to tell you, he's, he's such a strong energy. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so surprised about the abilities that he has, mm. how strong he is. So, you know, he's an old soul. Um, so they can find that on Amazon. You can find me at, at terry-annrussell.as.me oh. and you can book a service that way. Or you can always put my phone number in the links too. I, I take calls and I work a lot more virtually now. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, and if you're in Sedona, which is an yeah. energy capital of one of the energy capitals of the world. One of them. Mm -hmm. Um reach out. So we'll include all of that in our show notes. And Terry Ann, thank you so much for your time today. Anthony, thank you for joining us. Um, and thanks for sharing. And please come back on when the Mary transmissions, whatever the book Absolutely. is going to be called, come out because I'd love to hear more about that as well. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.